The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 220 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? I'm doing really well. I'm excited. I actually woke up excited for this because ever since we started the I think it was our first podcast ever, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We do this every year where we do the wins draft, where it's very simple. All you do is we go back and forth picking teams. At the end of the year, you add up their regular season wins and whichever the two of us has the most wins. And it's a, been a, a staple of ours. You've dominated the first three years. You've been doing it that long. This I, is the fifth one. Yeah, you wow. won. You won the first two very easily. The third one was kind of close, but you won. I finally got a win last year, and people are wondering. The fans are wondering: Is it like a gentleman sweep situation where you kind of just let your guard down, let us get a win, or is this the start of an epic, never been done before, three zero comeback? Well, I think that I elevated your game a little bit. The first two years were were bad, and like I, I mean, the first year I think was just totally unfair. Like I had like Milwaukee as like the ninth pick or something, and you knew that I bet on them to like win the title, but. I think, you know, you, you've started to watch a lot more, watch a lot of film. You're watching G League games before the season started. And, I you know, I think you've just elevated your game. You've, you've put the work in. You're like Jalen Hurts. You're getting better every year, even as an older guy. And uh, I'm excited. I appreciate that. But you know what? I think it's the opposite. Where I think you, you have kids <laughs> now. Worse. You're kind of slipping. <laughs> Last year, you took a few reaches, I thought, because you were so arrogant. You thought you had this 3-0 lead. And you dropped a game. You dropped a year. And this year will be the test. Like, can you snap back? Or is it like a Damian Lillard situation where it's like, was it just an off year? Or is this like the beginning of a decline? It's weird, right? Because I won the Eastern Conference, which is what we're going to do today. We're going to split it into two shows. But I won the Eastern Conference last year, I think, based on the numbers that you sent. And yes, then the Western Conference was where... That. And in the Eastern Conference, I had some like egregious picks. Like, like I think I, I talked about how bad I thought Chicago was going to be and they were good. I picked Indiana in the top eight and obviously they just like tanked it away. And I even had Cleveland, like was lucky. I didn't want to take Cleveland. I got lucky and picked Cleveland and that still wasn't enough for me to win the entire thing. But I think I won the East. If I remember correctly, you did. I mean, you did have an extra team. So not to, Oh, okay. So then, yeah, I don't want to like keep yeah. knocking you. Um, but I think the thing you take away and what lost you last year is like in this kind of format, one or two bad picks, and it's not even your fault. Like, we'll doom you. Like last year, I think you had the Lakers high, and it's like I they did. go twenty games less than you thought. Like I think a couple had, years ago, I had I Golden Brooklyn. State when they had that terrible year. I had Brooklyn one overall, I think last year in the East. Yeah, and obviously, Which like that was not great. But really, like those those ones where they like are twenty games below expectations, like that just kills you. Well, I'm just gonna give you a heads up here. When we do the Western Conference next week, I will not be picking the Lakers as <laughs> one of my first two picks. Not not this year. So, but we're gonna do the East. Uh, all like if we use over unders, they're all Bobota sport from bobotasportsbook.com. And uh, I guess we'll get right into it. You get the number yeah. one pick this and year, and we'll right? try to talk about over under bets at the same time because there are some that kind of jump mm-hmm. at me. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, and we'll some. work in some other stuff too. We'll talk about you know the draft prospects towards the end. Um, number one pick in the wins draft We're, again, just the Eastern Conference. This show. And I think there's a few contenders. Last year, Miami won the most games, 53. Boston has the highest over-under this year, 50. It was 55 before the Ime Adoko news. Now it's 53 and a half. Interesting. Um, but I think you called it pre-show, not to give a spoiler. I'm going to go Milwaukee, number one. And the logic is, their over-under is 52 and a half. I don't know. I don't think I would bet that, but... I just think the highest floor, like this team can win 50 games sleepwalking. They've done it before. They're not going to, unless Giannis gets hurt, like they're going to be in the high forties at least, and probably in the fifties. And then they have the upside of being like a 60 win team. So I think they're the safest pick. 
And I think, what do you think about that? Would you have taken Milwaukee number one? Uh, no, but I think it's because of what you were sort of saying. Like they can sleepwalk, like they can make the playoffs. I think they probably are the smartest title bet, but this obviously is only the regular season. And so like, I can see them just winning 50 games. I can see them winning like 47 games. I can see them winning 55 games, but I don't think, I think there's a couple teams that have higher ceilings. And I think that you want with this pick, when you have the first pick, especially in the East where it's going to be a little bit more convoluted. Like I, I don't think we'll get a 60 win team out of the Eastern conference if we do get a 60 win team this year. So, uh, but I think the bucks are fine. I, I think all of these teams are pretty close. Well, um, and I'll give you one more thought on the bucks. I just get this vibe this year that like Giannis has become like the consensus best player. We've talked about it. He was just voted yeah. best player in the on NBA ESPN. survey, yeah. GM survey. And he was actually like second pick for like defensive player of the year. So like that really, to me, separates him from Jokic and, and Luka and whoever else. I didn't get this vibe this year that he's going to just have that sort of wire to wire best player year that culminates in them winning the title and him winning MVP. And I'll give you two more reasons that I think he's going to win MVP, even if they don't have the one seed. Um, Middleton's probably going to miss some time early, which I think will help him statistically. and. Something that a lot of people aren't talking about, they're trying to get rid of the take foul, right, on fast breaks. And I think that's going to help Giannis, like, get an extra point or two a game. That's probably a fair that's – a, that's a pretty fair thing, I think, to, com- to comment about with take yeah, foul. I think he's going to have a career year, barring injury, go wire to wire, MVP. I don't know about one seed. I think, yeah, top three, though. Top three yeah. lock. I mean, they won 51 games last year. And it didn't really feel like they played that well, in all honesty. Right. Like it totally. felt like they and, and and if Chris Middleton was healthy, maybe they beat the Celtics and they win the title. I, I don't know. So I, I think if this counted for the playoffs, I would almost certainly pick the Bucks because I think they have the highest floor amongst the East playoff teams. However, it's just the regular season, and I am going to stay regional. Um, and I'm going to pick the Philadelphia 76ers with my second pick. I think that. They won 51 games last year. Uh, they get a full season of Harden. He lost 100 pounds in the offseason. So, uh, you know, he was playing at 300-something. So now he's going to be, you know, back in shape. Uh, I think their roster is better. I really like DeAndre Melton. Or, I'm sorry, DeAndre Melton. DeAnthony Melton. Uh, I don't really like Montrez Harrell as a signing, but I, I don't envision that, that you know, he, he played well with Doc Rivers before. He's played well in pick and roll. So, if he's going to play well anywhere as kind of like a backup five, I think it'll be here. I told you before I would bet on Joel Embiid to win MVP this year. It feels like it's kind of like his time. Uh, I really like this team, and I think I think they should have the best title odds in the East right now. Interesting. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous about how the city's going to react. Like the Eagles are 4-0 as of this recording. The Phillies are in the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. So like if all of these teams are good, it's going to be really – pretty unpleasant place because Philly fans are, are dicks when their team is good. But I, I'm going to go with Philly. I also do think their over-under is like 50 and a half right now on Bovada. Yeah. Like I would slam that over. Like Because this is a team like – there's no reason – I've said this before. Joel Embiid has mostly played healthy in the regular season the last couple of years. And Harden's going to play every game. Like it's just the way this works. Maxi with another year. Tobias Harris with another year. And now he's back to being like probably the fourth option. That's his best role. Like, I think this is the most likely team, in my opinion, if one team in the East was going to be way better than everybody else, this is the team that I think it's going to be. And so yeah, that's why I, th- I, I thought you would go one. that way, just based on our conversations. I think it's a good pick. And I think you're right. I only wrote down like five locked over-unders. This was one on the over, 50 and a half. Yeah. Cause you, and you just mentioned it. And beat MVP candidate, Harden, whatever, still a top 20 player. Maxi and Tobias Harris are guys who can score 20 points a game and then a much improved supporting cast. Can, can I, we talk about James Harden for one second? So sure. I bought a couple of his bottles of wine, you know, just that's what you got to do to support. But like he went from like being one of the best, like three players in the NBA, if not maybe the best regular season player to like a guy who still averaged 20 and 10. And people are acting like he's like a bottom 150 player. Like I think Zan, what you said is so important. Like even if he's not the same guy that he was, he is still like a top 25 player, maybe even top 15 in some people's rankings, because it's just amazing how high his level of play was. And I think when we compare him to guys like LeBron and Kevin Durant, who have maintained that level of play, 
I, I just think it's like unfair to Harden a tiny bit. You know what I mean? Because like he is still really, really good. He's just yeah. not. And we've probably... talked about him, you know, very slept on 100 to 1 MVP odds, which probably not going to happen. But if Embiid. I mean, those odds are outrageously long for a guy that's as good as him. Yeah. 100 and, to 1. Right? And it's just a matter of like, this team is built to sustain injuries too, where it's like yeah, if Embiid misses time, like to make it an old Rockets team and just let PJ Tucker play the five or whatever. Um, yeah, and their margin for error is interesting, I think, because like they do have PJ Tucker who's older and obviously Harden is older, but they, they do still seem like they have a bigger margin for error than they've had in the past. Like they could sustain, like you said, an Embiid injury. If Harden has to miss 10 to 15 games, they can probably sustain that. We wouldn't expect like Korkmaz to play as bad as he did last year. They don't have no, the and Jordan, he might not is, play. That's the the difference. Like you don't have to necessarily play a struggling for Korkmaz if he's not yeah. playing because Melton's good. Um, they signed Daniel House, who's you know pretty good if he plays. I wonder but, if I wonder if there's still some like. Do you remember how mad the Rockets were at Daniel House in the bubble and like that kind of like he just yeah. shipped out of there and like PJ Tucker and Harden were like furious with him. So they must have gotten over that. I guess I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's weird what becomes like vilified, which players become vilified. Like Draymond, we won't talk a lot about him, but like Slugs, Jordan Poole, whatever, that's Draymond. Haha, ha, no big deal. Daniel House, like, sneaks a 25 year old man sleeping with a girl. It's not the end of the world. Hold on, no, suddenly he's like out of the league for a year. Wait, wait a second. This Draymond Green story is kind of, uh, it's out there, right? It's training yes. camp right now. And so, like, Draymond Green allegedly, I mean, I guess not allegedly, I guess he did it, like, punched Jordan Poole at Warriors training camp. And I saw a couple of people saying that like Draymond kind of wasn't happy that he'd seen like a a change in Poole's demeanor since the, you know last season, which I think makes sense. I, I don't know that that's yeah, true. Based but... on any time I see Jordan Poole play a game, he's <laughs> acting like he's Michael Jordan. <laughs> sure. I do think that um yeah, that's that's part of Jordan Poole's appeal for sure. Like part of his confidence and and who he is. That's why he makes big shots in the finals when you need him because like he acts that way. But I, I kind of don't. It, I agree with what you're saying that like Draymond is the most likely guy to get a pass in this scenario. Cause it's like, Oh, it's Draymond. But like, I also do think Zan that it's not a huge deal. You know what I mean? Like, no, I agree. Like, and I, I kind of, he, he kind of apologized, kind of didn't saying yeah. he was kind of giving him an ego check, which he sort of like, tend wish, to agree with that. He that sort of sense. like straddled the line. It is funny what Dray- Draymond is, is already kind of a, uh, in that like Shaq, Charles Barkley, like mold where like he, G14 classified like he can do things because he's Draymond Green and like he's in the NBA and this is his role and other people can't but I do think people like making a big deal out of like fights in training camp whether it be in football basketball baseball hockey whatever I, I don't think it's that big of a deal I don't well, think like, obviously Aaron Donald for the Rams like slug multiple guys with his helmet he tried and, like, yeah he did no one cared no one cared that's because he's the best ever um, position. but I, I do think like in a lot of ways like as long as Dr- if Draymond just threw a punch or two punches and that was it and it was just it's done i don't think it's a big deal now if Draymond like tackled jordan Poole and was like wailing on him like it's the ufc octagon like that that's a little different that's a problem but that's not what this sounds like it just sounds like two one hyper competitive guy who can't let anything go picking on a smaller guy who also appears to be a little bit too cool but i just want to say like i don't think it's a big deal personally no, i agree um so to recap i took milwaukee you took philly we're both really high on philly i do think they're probably the best chance to win 60 games if that was a bet yeah and i do think one run real quick thing with philly like they could win 60 for sure but they also could win like 48 because i don't think they care about the regular season like i, I at first i would have said like oh you know they want to miss milwaukee they want to miss brooklyn they want to miss boston i don't think this team cares about that i think going into the playoffs full strength pj tucker ready to go and bead ready to go that does matter so I don't know if this is going to be like a Houston 2017 or 2018 when they just won 67 games and they were awesome. I don't know if it's going to be that, but it could be, I think. It's it's possible. Yeah. And if I had to pick, I just I think if I was writing like a column for like USA Today or something, like just to be interesting, I would put Philly at one. But I do think they're gonna lose in the playoffs to a Milwaukee type team. Um, number three. We go to from a team that we were both high on in Philly to a team that I think we're both a little lower than expectations on. But looking at Boston, still the highest over under on the board at fifty three and a half. I think they'll finish at like fifty, but at this point in the wins draft, it feels safe. I was really hoping you didn't pick. I wanted to pick Boston pretty badly. I thought you'd pick Philly if I picked Boston at two, and it seemed a little crazy. Even though Boston is probably going to win fifty games, like you said. Well, and I'm less concerned about the Adoko news 
more concerned about Robert Williams missing time because he is such a good defender. Big deal. That's a big, still enough there. That's a big deal. Yeah. And I think, you know, Robert Williams for them, getting him back healthy and ready to play in the playoffs is the most important thing. So if it ends up being that like it's 12 weeks instead of eight or it's like 16 weeks instead of 12, that's probably the most important thing for Boston. But this team's really good, Zan. Like I, yeah. I understand. There are some little edges that scare me. Like if Robert Williams misses time, Horford's like 36. So that's That's a huge problem. And then, you know, they traded for Derek White last year and he's a good defender, mediocre shooter. And then you already have Marcus Smart kind of overlap, I think a little bit. And then you add in Brogdon as well. Like, I just don't know if the, um, the sum, the total is as good as the sum of its parts or whatever it means. Like those three guys together, I, I don't think equal, you know. Seth, Steph Curry, you know what I mean? Like, it's right. just like, they, you can't play all three at once. And they signed Anilo Gallinari, right? But he's, I believe, out for the season or out yes. for most of yeah. the season. But then they, they and they and just they signed Blake Griffin. They just signed Blake Griffin, which probably a good culture guy, I would say. Like, he makes sense as a locker room guy and he can eat some minutes. But, you know, if they're, they're going to close with Brogdon and Smart, I don't assume Derek White will be in their closing lineup. And so I think having, you know, Derek White, Horford, Grant Williams, off the bench, Peyton Pritchard is is quite good as a backup guard. Like I think they're deep, you know. It's it, it's just that like well, Blake really... Griffin is good, not to, good locker room guy. Apparently, not a good baby daddy. Did you read? Yeah, that I've seen that. Okay, you can Google that if you want. <laughs> but I I think Boston. Like I said, I would have picked Boston at four. I thought about picking them at two. I just knew you'd pick Philly at three, and I. I thought I'd kick myself if I didn't get Philly because I, I I just think this roster has been reshaped. No, I, I know you love Philly. I wanted you to have Philly because you're oh, just yeah. such a hardened guy. You're drinking the wine for heaven's sake. That's right. That's true. I didn't buy the red blend, just two bottles of Cab Sab, and uh, mainly for the label. It's it's quite an awesome label. I mean, and James Harden, like he's on Abbott Elementary now. Like people are dressing up as him. Like the city is in on James Harden. He's at he's at the Eagles uh, Vikings Monday night game. Darius Slay is handing him footballs after in, uh, interceptions. Like it, it, the vibes are great is all I'm saying. Now for a team whose vibes are not yeah. so good. Yeah, this is a harder pick now for I, I don't know who I would take. Yeah, it's so stupid cuz like you the fifth pick is very valuable, right? Because like you just pick whoever I don't pick here. I'm assuming at least. I'm going to pick Brooklyn because like we're going to go for some upside here. Um I did see a stat, by the way, that uh, over the last three seasons, Kawhi Leonard, 109 games played. Kyrie Irving, 107 games played. But I'm going to pick Brooklyn. I think their over-under right now is 50 and a half on Bovada. That seems like pretty fair to me. There are a lot of worlds where I could see them like sailing past that. And then there's some other worlds where I could just see like Ben Simmons decides he doesn't want to play. Like Kyrie Irving's playing 26 games this year and they win like 42 games. Uh, But I do think this team is very good on paper, and I think they're a legitimate title contender. If you put them in NBA 2K and you could simulate the season and everyone was a robot, this team would be awesome. I I truly can't tell you what I think is going to happen with them. I, I'm just going to bank on the talent. I'm going to bank on the fact that we know Kevin Durant's going to be one of the best five players in the league, and then hopefully... You know, nothing blows up with Steve Nash, but this this could absolutely be a David Blatt situation. And you've talked about this before, like Nash could coach like three weeks this year and then just get fired right away if they start slow. And yeah, I think he's handling it well, though, given all the turmoil in the offseason. He's kind of just acting like it never happened. They're all acting like it never happened. Um, I think you're right. Like title upside for the team. The two things that scare me. As a even as a Kevin Durant fan. It's like, I don't know if he can get through the seasons anymore. Like he's 30, he's going to be 35. Is it even fair to think that he could do that? Yeah. And then Ben Simmons, like even watching the preseason game, like his shot just still looks so bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. And he's going to do some other things for them. And and they still have the same problem that we talked about before. Like their interior depth is not great, right? We really, we both like Nick Claxton, but I think you have stated mm. it a bunch of times. Like, do you feel comfortable playing Nick Claxton late in the game when you need him to guard somebody? Probably not. Um, you know, we like Seth Curry and Patty Mills. You can't play them together. You certainly can't play Cam Thomas with one of them. Is TJ Warren going to be the guy that we saw two and a half years ago? I, we don't know. Well, yeah, the scariest, if you're an opponent, you don't want them to play Ben Simmons at center. Yeah. Because that would just be like a very difficult lineup to stop. I mean, if you had, if you had like the Simmons, Durant, Irving, Joe Harris, Seth Curry lineup, like that, that lineup's going to be really hard to stop on offense for sure. Now, can they guard anybody? I don't know. 
Probably not. But I think with that lineup, if you did have Simmons and Durant and like let's say Royce O'Neal's Royce in there, O'Neal. like that's a big wing team. I think that's pretty impressive. Um I think, right. how how wild is it by the way that Kevin Durant's 35? It seems crazy. Yeah. Like and, and coming off, you know, major injury. I mean, it's it's hard. Yeah. Um I number five, you're right. Like it's a Boston situation where it's just like, look, I'm not going to pass over like the safe picks here. I'm playing it safe because I mentioned one wrong move and you could lose it all. Um, it's like that. Uh, did you watch Squid Game? It's like crossing the. I did glass not. Lap. I did not watch Grass steps on like one bad move. You're going to lose. Um, Miami, I'm not super excited about, but they did win 53 games last year. I have them in the high 40s this year. It feels very safe as the fifth pick. Yeah, I agree. And I think that this team is, they, this is just who they are. They just paid Tyler Hero like $130 million. I wouldn't want to be the team giving him that much, I don't think, but it seems no. fine for what he does. Jimmy Butler's got dreadlocks now. They look hilarious. Uh, Bam's really good. Duncan Robinson, maybe he's back in the rotation, but I don't know. It feels like we can just say like Miami's going to win 50 games. I do. I would criticize for you, what you said, like, Miami kind of falls in love with themselves a little much, like overpaying Duncan Robinson. I think overpaying Tyler Hero. They overpaid in the past a bunch of times. Tyler Hero seems to have. I I wouldn't want to be the guy paying Tyler Hero this, but like that seems like fair market value for him. You don't think? I guess I think you would get that contract, but it's just a matter of like, are you actually going to start him now? Are you going to play him next to Lowry? You know, thirty minutes a game. I I just don't know. They did last year, and can Kyle Lowry play up to the level that he played last year? Because as soon as he got to the playoffs and he got hurt, like they couldn't play him, right? So, do you sacrifice Kyle Lowry and he plays forty five games in the regular season because you want to gear up the playoffs? And this is a team, obviously, that made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So we we are being disrespectful, I think, to um. Miami, and then what do you get out of Victor Oladipo? But I, this team seems like one player away to me personally. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And maybe it would have been Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. So to recap, Milwaukee one, Philly two, Boston three, Brooklyn four, Miami five. Now you're getting to the teams that are look. It's hard in the East. These are the last team maybe to guarantee not to be in the play-in. Who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I'm not going to make this mistake again. And if this burns me this year, I'm going to be so furious about it. I'm going to take Toronto. I've been down on Toronto every single year that we've had this podcast. Uh, You berated me in 2019 for being down on Toronto and you were proven vindicated. It's probably one of my, other than saying Draymond Green was uh, more important than Steph Curry. It it was probably my second worst take of all time on this show, but I'm going to take Toronto. I, I think that they have a really good coach. They have a really good roster. I think Scotty Barnes will take another leap. I, I really like that they added Otto Porter. I think he fits with what they do. I worry a little bit about their backcourt depth. I, I, and, you know, it doesn't matter quite as much when you have Scotty Barnes, who's going to handle the ball a lot, and Siakam handles the ball a lot. But they won 48 games last year. I think they'll probably, they, they should win about that many this year again. Like, yeah. I, And so I'm just going to, I'm going to go with this, what I think is a safer pick here. And then I, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty confident I know he'll take six, but. I think Toronto, given how they play and and the the continuity they've had on their team, I just prefer Toronto to, I guess Atlanta or Cleveland, which are the next. Yeah, the, I really like that block. pick. I was really hoping you wouldn't take Toronto. In fact, I would consider Toronto over Miami. I did consider them. I would consider a trade. We might have to talk later <laughs> because it's like, yeah, Toronto won forty eight games last year with a young team. They're all back. They're all healthy. They're all under thirty. Add Auto Porter for depth. I think they're a sneaky team to win 50 games. And I don't see a lot of downside either. It's kind um, of interesting that Toronto. So I think their over under is like is 45 and a half. And a half. I would and definitely I, take the over there. Yeah. For sure. So Bovada 45 and a half. But I, I think they're like, it's interesting to watch Toronto kind of roster build, right? Because like they paid for Gary Trent, but they, they still don't have another guard. Like they just never replaced Kyle Lowry. And I think it's interesting to watch them kind of go all in on this like big wing thing, right? Like just be like, you know what? We don't need a, another point guard. Why, why would we get smaller? And so I, I, I like what they do, honestly. I, I think yeah. it's, it's. Well, maybe they also not- fit like, they also like, it works with Kawhi for that reason. It's like, maybe they're one superstar away, but like any superstar could fit with this team because the team does a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see what happens with Scotty Barnes. I mean, he was, he won rookie of the year last year, but I, I don't think we 
collectively the underdog NBA podcast believed that Scotty Barnes was better than Evan Mobley or long-term is better than Jalen Green or Kate Cunningham. But like, we've talked a lot about how good Scotty Barnes is and what his upside is. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be a most improved player type because I just don't think he'll score enough points. But there's a possibility that Scotty Barnes is just a monster in year two, like even better than he was in year one. And that elevates their floor quite a bit more, I think. And you took Toronto. This is one of our, according to Vegas, according to Bovada, that was a reach because Toronto has a two game lower over under than Cleveland. I'm agreeing with you, though. I think it should be reversed. I think Cleveland and Atlanta are really in the next tier around 45 wins. 46 wins. But there's a chance that like, all right, you make your pick and then we'll. Yeah, because I think they're near even. Like, I really don't have a strong preference. Like, I'm looking at Atlanta team. I don't think Deontay Murray is going to be as helpful as they think. I I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to be as helpful as Cleveland thinks. So I'm just not as high on these teams. I don't see them winning 50 games. And you look at a team like Cleveland, just I still think they have a massive hole on small forward. Um, in terms of playoff teams, but th- I think they have a little more upside with, you know, maybe Evan Mobley takes a leap. The NBA GMs listed him as one of the breakout players. I, I just more excited to watch them and see what they are. So I'll take them with the seventh overall pick. Damn, I thought you might, I thought you might take Atlanta. So this I, is what, I mean, so, it was very close for me. Yeah. So I think Cleveland is the more likely of the two to have a big jump. I, I don't, I mean, we both know I, I'm going to take Atlanta with the eighth pick um, just to get that out of the way right now. But I don't really like. I mean, I think Cleveland's pretty good. Like, I, I think Donovan Mitchell is a, is a good pickup for them. We talked about this in detail. I kind of think that they're a year away from their big jump, if that makes sense. They won 44 games last year. I bet they finish right around there again this time. And I think maybe they avoid the playing tournament. They, they I don't know. I don't know if they do honestly. A little like Knicks vibe from two years ago where they improved a lot and then added pieces and everyone expected them to kind of take another leap or maybe they expect to take a leap and they actually get a little worse maybe. I don't know. It's a little scary. I just don't think that like I, – I agree with what you're saying. Like it's hard to have a hole at wing like they do, right? And so unless Isaac Okoro or like – they're not going to start Karis LeVert, right? Kevin Love's a four-man. Chetty Osman I, I think is quite good as an NBA rotation player. But they they do lack that one kind of like, I would say, rotational scorer from the wing spot. And that is concerning. It is possible, by the way, that Evan Mobley is their best player this year. Yeah, I, well, I his, it's a weird lineup so. with two little scorers and two big, and two big shot blockers. It's yep. not ideal. I don't know. I um, maybe there's just enough talent. Let me get into Atlanta for one second. Sure. Uh, I just think we know who Atlanta is. Um, they made some adjustments that I that I do like. I think get, getting DeJounte Murray was really good. I think they need DeAndre Hunter to be healthy. I think we're probably reaching the end of the John Collins experiment. And in my opinion, he's probably one of the most likely guys to get traded at the trade deadline. Just like I think Nate McMillan is a coach that's got to be higher on the list of first coach fired, not because Nate McMillan's a bad coach, but because we know who Nate McMillan is. It doesn't really seem... Atlanta went 43 and 39 last year, like kind of linked into the play-in tournament. Like, I just, I just don't see the upside, Zan. Like, yeah, it feels like, like they, a, it feels is, like they're better than, you know, the maybe they're not better than Chicago or they're not better than Washington. Like, it feels like they they give they get credit for being in that tier above those teams, but like, how much better are they really than like the Knicks, the Hornets, the Wizards, like the Bulls? They're not that much better, right? They have Trey Young, who's really really good, but who's really that, good, like, but then yeah, it's like is it like a fatally flawed? team that will never be good defensively. I mean, that, that's what I think. Like, if you look at their depth pieces, like John Collins is a good player. I think he's fairly paid for who he is, but I don't want John Collins. I don't think John Collins is a title winning number two. Clint Capella, really good big man, fits really well with Trey Young. Can't really score on his own. He's a good defender. I don't think he's as great a defender as people think. Bogdan Bogdanovich, like good six man. DeJounte Murray now, you got another guy who was used to having the ball. Like, hopefully he'll be better defensively. DeAndre Hunter, frail. Right, like they just they do have Justin Holiday, and that always makes you rank teams a little I higher. Do, than I do. I didn't even think about that. I should have. But, I, but then they're young guys, right? Like Jalen Johnson, like doesn't seem like he's going to be a factor this year. Like AJ Griffin, who you know I loved him until he went to Duke, and then I watched some more, and you know I'm not a huge fan at this point. Like I don't think AJ Griffin's going to play. So I think that the Hawks, in theory, make a lot of sense. 
Like they're probably a better video game team than they are like real life but, basketball team. But that said, I do think it wouldn't shock me if they're the fourth seed or fifth seed. I just don't know, like you said, like where the upside is beyond that. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. Like, I don't think any, here's the thing. Maybe I could buy into Toronto taking a big leap. And maybe if Evan Mobley becomes like Anthony Davis, all of a sudden in year two, I could see Cleveland. But like outside of like your Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Brooklyn, like I don't think Miami's a legitimate title contender, Zan. Like, but I, I think those top four teams. Finals and went to seven, but I, I tend to agree with you. Just looking at the roster, I think Toronto has a better Yeah, I suppose team. if they had gone to the finals, we would have had to say they were a title contender in Miami, even though like all year I was underwhelmed. And they won the East, you know, but like I'd yeah. watch them play and I'd just be like, you know, they're just not... Maybe aesthetically they don't play. Well, I mean, they're playing like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. Like, it doesn't seem like they Dude, should Max be. Max Struess is good. He's, He's going to be the next guy that gets $80 million for Miami. Now, you know, last year when I won, I was like super confident after the draft. I'm like, Tyler reached. I made some. I think I won this year. This year, I I'm, I feel like I'm on my heels because I feel like it's, I had the number one pick, but it's about even, if that. I, I need some good picks. And unfortunately, like it's another situation where the next two teams, I think, are on a tier by themselves. And Bovada agrees. Um, according to over under, Chicago should be next, 41 and a half, uh, New York, 39 and a half. And then there's a gap before and after those two teams. Um, and Chicago, you know, everyone's expecting a decline. They won 46 last year. New York, everyone's kind of hopeful. They won 37 that they'll get back to 500. So which way do you go here? Let me take another quick look at these dev charts because I, I'm talking myself. Chicago, obviously, you know, Lonzo Ball might not play this year. They should yeah, have Patrick big, Williams back for it's a, a big while. loss if so. And then New York did not get Donovan Mitchell, did not make their big moves, uh, aside from signing Jalen Brunson, which is a big money move. <laughs> I'll tell you though, I like New York's chances to be average because I feel like they're almost average across the board. I like having Isaiah Hartenstein off the bench. I think Quentin Grimes will be good off the bench. I think they're just like all around average, which sounds like a knock, but it's really not in this range. I think they could be 500. So I'll take them at number nine. Okay. So you just took the Knicks, huh? I took the Knicks at number nine. Uh, I really don't want to take Chicago. I don't know that I buy into DeMar DeRozan, like being, you know, Dirk Nowitzki for mid range again. I don't, I mean, Zach Levine's really good. I guess, I don't know. It seems crazy. Like, to the, not World suggests they're going to start um, Io DeSumnu over he's, Alex Caruso. I don't know. Yeah, I think that. they like Caruso off the bench. Off the bench. Okay. And DeSumnu's a good player. I guess I'll take Chicago. Like, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of them, but like they have stars and Vooch and DeRozan and Zach Levine will be able to score. They did have Zach Levine miss a lot of time last year. I, no Lonzo like really does matter quite a bit i think but he was not healthy for a lot of last year so i'm not really in love with this pick it wouldn't surprise me if they won 30 games and shipped a couple guys out but like i'll just i'll take chicago i think billy donovan's like a good enough coach that like i'm okay with chicago in this realm i don't i I, 41 and a half i think seems a little high without knowing what's going to happen with lonzo but well you know it's a great time to bring this up because we're going to we said we talk about lottery picks so you're talking about New York and Chicago teams that are trying basically like playing range teams. And then maybe the next few teams are trying to get in the plan. At what point is the dividing line between let's try to make the playoffs and Hey, I just saw two superstar prospects the other night. Which of these teams do you think should not even be trying? Where's the line? I mean, the Knicks, contention probably, and the Knicks should probably not be trying personally, in my opinion, just because like their team is just not good enough, right? Like, but so you're saying I after think, signing Jalen Brunson? No, no, that, that's what I'm saying. They're they're going yeah. to try, like, which is fine. Um, I think that I think I think Charlotte will try. Just yeah. so we're clear here, like I think Charlotte well, the will next won't. teams on Bovada will be Charlotte and Washington, thirty six, thirty five wins over under. Basically, and let's be clear, both of those teams are trying, but I didn't include the wizards in like, should they tank because they just gave Brad Beal $250 million. And so like, you know, they're, they're trying, right. They still have Porzingis for uh, at least another year. And then, you know, they traded for Will Barton. They traded for Monte Morris. They signed Alon Wright. Like the wizards are trying. Right. So whereas with Charlotte, like 
we don't know what's happening with this Miles Bridges situation. Like he could end up coming back and playing this year for Charlotte, but like they make more sense because like, man, if you had Lonzo Ball and Victor Wemby on the same team, like it'd be, it'd be pretty awesome. So, but I, I think that Charlotte also will not be tanking. Like I think in the Eastern Conference, I think there are less tank candidates, like Indiana clearly tanking, right? Orlando more than likely tanking. Like they're going to play their young guys, but like if they lose a lot of games, that's fine. Detroit, I don't know, honestly. Like I would tank if I was Detroit, but I just don't think like New York, Charlotte, and Washington are. I'm sure Washington's not, and I'm sure the Knicks are not. Charlotte, I think it'll be interesting to see like what happens with them to start the year. And then you kind of make a decision whether they're going to do. Like, and we know that Steve Clifford, their new coach, has like seen a lot of bad teams in his day. And, you know, he happens to get the best out of the players that he has, but. You know, it's possible the front office, this is probably giving them too much credit, but it's possible the front office is like, you know what, like, let's just roll it here. They'll be fine with Steve Clifford, but if we win 25 games, we're good with that. Well, and that's the hard part of trying to contend it first and then reeling it back and punting after that. Because there are, according to Bovada, there are seven teams projected to win less than 30 games. And there's some that are going to be really bad. So it's going to be hard to get in the top three pick-wise. Although you could argue, look, flattened odds, as long as you're in the top five, you have a good shot. So you don't necessarily have to win 15 games. If you win 25 games, you're going to have just as good a shot as anybody. The top four are actually even um, in terms of the pick, your chances of getting the top pick. Yeah. And that's pretty much all that matters. You want to get one or two. I think there's a few other guys that are really good, but it's how good do you think Victor is as a prospect? People are saying best since LeBron. Do you agree with that right now? Probably best since Anthony Davis. I would say I don't best since LeBron seems a like pretty big hype. Like LeBron is arguably and Zion had a lot of hype too. Remember, and he was very productive in college. And I mean, I I do think he's best since LeBron. And I'll even go as far. You think he's the best prospect since LeBron? Well, let's see him play. He he wasn't super productive last year, so let's see. No, he's young, and it's Euro. It's Euroball. Like I don't know. It's also interesting, right? Because like when we talk about (laughs) prospects, like Luca was an unbelievable prospect, right? Like just, a, you know, he won EuroLeague MVP as like a 19 year old, right? Like that, that's, it's like unheard of. Right. And so, but he got picked third because like, I mean, I, I don't know why, obviously he was number one to start the year. And then he was. Well, and also there's a lot of like revisionist history where I've seen like best prospects the last 20 years and Luca's in the top five. And I'm like, he well, was he the won. third pick. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. But Anthony Davis was like a legitimate top prospect, right? Like he, he went to number one on the like rivals rankings before the college season. He was the best player in college that year. He went number one overall in the draft. Like, won the he's, title. he's the guy I think Zion. I definitely agree. And people really like, but I would argue that like Andrew Wiggins and RJ Barrett were probably also both yeah. higher level prospects than Zion was. But AD, like I said, is, you know, he came out of nowhere in the summer when he grew a bunch of inches and like, he's the last guy that I, I would say, when you do your like generational, like presidential type candidates, like Wemby seems like a generational talent, right? For sure. But I would say Anthony Davis is the last guy that I would have hung that. Well, I think it's a little early again because he hasn't finished this year, hasn't barely started this year. I think right now he's he's a better prospect than those guys. Um, because I mean Anthony Davis is a Hall of Famer, Zan. Like, what are we talking about? No, totally. About but he he averaged like 14 points a game in college. Like, I think people thought he wasn't I don't think they thought he'd have the offensive upside that he ended up even having. I don't um, agree. I don't agree with that. I don't I, I, I feel think, like I mean, people loved Anthony Davis. Like, I'm telling you, I love Chet Holmgren. I had a number one last year. I thought he was like a legitimate number one pick. Yeah. And why I, was he? I, no, I'm just saying, but some people were skeptical. Um, but I told you when we watched the under 17s or whatever it was. I'm like Chet Holmgren's the best in the class. Wemby in that game was like a better version of him. Yeah, and like four inches taller than him. And then watching him this week, I'm like, he got a lot better since then. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I mean, it's he's scary. a really good, pl- he's a really good prospect. But again, you're like really good prospect. I think is underselling it. I think he's oh. one of the best prospects. Okay, so ever. like if we, so LeBron was drafted in 2003, right? Yeah. So let's we're talking 20 years of prospects here. There's two guys, three guys. I would put. Yeah, team. no, I I understand. It's not like I, I'm not I even would... saying I'm not even arguing that Victor is a worse prospect than Anthony Davis. I'm just saying that like Anthony Davis is the last guy that I would say is in the tier. Sure, that, that's like, fair. Like I think it's like LeBron, Greg Oden, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Victor as your like yeah. 
And I'm glad you say, Grego, and you mentioned Wiggins, because there's, as I said, there's so much revisionist history where it's like, the people who turned out well, everyone hypes up is like, oh, no, no wonder they were no brainers. But then they forget, like, people loved Mark L. Fultz at the time. He was a good prospect. Yeah. But, or like Peyton Manning in football, everyone's like, best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. Andrew Luck's the best since Peyton Manning. I studied the draft back then. Andrew Luck was a much better prospect than Peyton Manning. I'm sorry. Like Peyton Manning at the time had a lot of doubts. Not a lot, but well, some doubts. Some of those were like intangible doubts though, right? Like couldn't win at Florida. Yeah, couldn't win at Florida. Didn't have a great arm. Slow. You know, people thought legitimately, I'd say 30% of people thought Ryan Leaf was a better prospect that year. Maybe maybe more than 30%. Honestly. Yeah, and because Peyton turned out so great, everyone thought he was just like, you know, 99 out of 100 prospects. And, and he, he struggled his first two years, too. Yeah. It's not like he came out of the gate and he was like lighting the world. Like he didn't have a year or two like Joe Burrow did. You know, and people forget those guys that were like at the time, like Sam Bradford level. Like people thought Sam Bradford was he like was, a stud. Man, when the, um, when the Eagles picked up Sam Bradford for like Chip Kelly's offense, I was like, so da- I was like, man, this guy's going to be great. Yeah. And Sam Bradford did get hurt his last year in college. But before that, people were like, this is. Like yeah, a perfect a prospect. Prospect, right? And, you know, he had a smaller arm. He's a little bit frail. I do think we tend to... I do this. So, not we. I. And then we'll get back on track here with the last, sure. like, the dregs of the draft. But, obviously, like, there, we talk about, like, quarterback prospects or we talk about, like, NBA players, right? And I think that we have a tendency to write off kind of, like, how a guy like Peyton Manning will work, right? Like, how yeah. hard does he work? Because... The guy that Peyton Manning was in college is the same guy that he was with his like binders on teams, personnel files and stuff like LeBron for all like the things that I've knocked on him or like Kevin Durant, like those dudes work their butts off, right? Like they stay in shape. They're constantly grinding. Like, and so I do think like, if I was going to sit here and say like, what do I know about Anthony Davis versus Victor? Like, sure. I would want to know, like, because Anthony Davis, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he works decently hard, right? But, like, I don't think he's, like, an elite level grinder in that way. And that's, like, when you talk about, like, what's going to put Victor ahead of AD or, like, ahead of Kevin Durant, like, is he going to work that hard to become one of the best players in the what? NBA? Because, like you said, like, talent-wise, like- talent he might be the best prospect of all time. Like, it's yeah. possible. He is, like, a creative player. Um, the... But you're right about work ethic because, like, if you just look at resume, you know, Kevin Durant was an amazing prospect, put up great numbers, but not much different than Michael Beasley's numbers in college as a freshman. So, like, what separates the two? Um, Maybe somewhat like, you know, their game. Maybe Michael Beasley was like bullying people or whatever, but he was unbelievable numbers in college. He was like 26 and 12 in college and like in the Big 12. And Durant averaged pretty, very similar numbers. And I think if you talk to guys that grew up, you know, like I grew up in the area that Michael Beasley grew up like in. We played against each other in AAU. Like, well, he played. I sat on the bench. But like, I think if you talk to a lot of players that are that age, they would say that Vic, that uh, Michael Beasley was one of the most talented basketball players they've ever seen. And and yeah. there's probably not that many guys in the NBA right now that are more talented than Michael Beasley. But I would was, have been sure that he would have been an All Star twenty point. I remember being stunned that he went number two. Like I remember there was like rumors, right, that like the Bulls weren't going to take him, and I was like, "Okay, dummies, you're going to take the guard over like the guy that can handle the ball on the wing." And sure enough, I mean, Derrick Rose was was the right pick. But I, I think that's a big part of it, Zan. Is like, what do we know about Scooter Henderson? Like one of the reasons I really like Jalen Green is because of the things that I've heard about Jalen Green. Well, it does seem like they were talking about Scoot a little bit. And he was like talking trash and he seems like a alpha dog already. And he's Do we want worried. that. Russell Westbrook talks a lot of trash. <laughs> you, I mean. Yeah. I don't think Scoot is generational, but I think he's on the level of, I don't even know if he's on the level of Derek Rose. Cause Derek Rose felt like a natural playmaker. Yeah. And, and the way that they played at Memphis, like it made sense that there was a lot more projection in Derek Rose's game. Cause like they yeah. played dribble drive and they, they deed up and they just didn't score a ton. Whereas like, yeah, right now I would rank Scoot a little lower than Derrick Rose or John Wall types, but those are still hugely valuable, you know, lead guard types. And and for Victor, I think it is like he needs to be productive to be the most generational top prospect ever because like look, like Luca had amazing production obviously. Like guys like Zion, he was incredibly productive in college. Like so Anthony Davis you said like the proof is in the pudding. He put up great numbers, won a title like 
at some point, like it's hard to be ranked as a top prospect if it's all projection. Like, but so far he seems like he's on track to have that like breakout statistical year too. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's really wild. Like, cause like one Banyama is like not fully formed yet either. Right. Like he's so thin and like, I don't know. It's, it's really quite something to see. So like, tell me this, like, so be. going back to the wins draft, we're now, I took Washington at 11. There's four teams left. I'll just give you an alphabetical. Oh, wait, hold on. So I took Chicago at 10. You took Washington at 11? Yes. That and stinks. the four teams left in alphabetical order, Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana, Orlando. So do you think these teams are teams that are, should be tanking or should be trying for the plan? They should be and, tanking, probably. And who like, would you think is in your win streak? I'm going to take Charlotte because... I think, like I said, I think Steve Clifford's a really good coach. I think Charlotte has solid players. I think LaMelo Ball is excellent. I think he has a very good chance to win most improved player. Uh, They'll be better defensively than they were. And, um, you know, like I said, maybe they get Miles Bridges back. Who knows? Not going to really get in the weeds on that. But I think I just like Charlotte to win 35 games-ish. Like, that feels like their ceiling. And if that was my ceiling, I would probably... You know, I, I would probably not try to win that many games, but you know, I'm not a head coach, I'm not a GM, so. But I, again, you know, yeah, they, they have a lot of vets. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not a lot of vet vets, but young vets. You know, yeah, like and they've got some guys that are like somewhat worth being excited about. Like Jalen McDaniel seems like he could be a pretty good player. Like I'd like to see Mark Williams. You know, I'm not really sure at this point if James Booknight's in there. Plans maybe a, a change of voice will be good for him, but. I don't know. Charlotte seems fine to me and they'll try to win is that that's mainly the reason I would take them over the other three. Cause even like Detroit whose roster, I kind of can talk myself into like, I don't know how much Detroit wants to win 30 games. Does Detroit want to win 28 games? Maybe do they want to win 40? I don't think so. Not yet. at least. Well, and Charlotte to their credit, they won 43 games last year. They had a positive point differential. They had a top 10 offense. They're going to lose miles bridges, which hurts. The reason I'm not super high on them is, you know, you mentioned Clifford, who usually gives you a boost, but I thought they were pretty well coached last they year. They were. It seems like you they know, were. overachieved. So I don't know why they made a coach. I mean, they change. won 43 games last year. Yeah. But so at the now, same time, if, even if they take an eight-game decrease down to 35, they're still probably going to be better than Orlando and Indiana for sure, right? Well, here's the controversial pick now because we're on the clock. Bovada has Detroit 29 and a half, Orlando 26 and a half. Both those teams have guys that people are excited about. Cade Cunningham, Paolo, you know, next generation. They got next. Remember when the WNBA said that? Yeah, I do. Didn't happen. It was a long queue for the WNBA. <laughs> they're going, they're, they're standing on the index circle for a while. Um, I don't know. Call me crazy, though. I'm looking at Indiana. Over under lowest on the board, 24 and a half. But I like Tyrese Halliburton. I like Benedict Matherin. I like Miles Turner. I mean, they're missing a lot else. And maybe they just blow it up and trade Buddy and Miles Turner. But but if they don't, I don't think they're terrible. I think they're like a 31 also team. Rick Carlisle. And yeah. we know Rick Carlisle is a good coach. I think this is fine if you want to take them at 13. I will. T- and because I know I'll get one of the other young teams next. I just think Indiana, if they don't, outright tank they don't blow it up i think they could win 30 games i there are people on indiana's roster that i i agree with you like i i, I like jalen smith like i like tyrese halliburton i think they'll trade turner and buddy healed it doesn't make sense to keep them well it if they do that then can i get a do-over no if they do it but the they've next got terry hours. taylor at that point and that's all yeah. you need so but i'll say Jack- this if if i was rebuilding a team and my you gave me three picks i mean three guys as your core halliburton matherin and miles turner like I kind of like that. I like how you mm, fit. Definitely not. That's that's the three. <laughs> you could pick three young players. No, I'm not of any three, but I'm like, this is the team. If I was like buying a team, I'm like, there's something here. Yeah, we both like we both like Benny quite well. All right. I uh I don't even So care. Detroit and Orlando are left. Okay. I'm gonna I don't know, man. I'm gonna take <laughs> have you taken a second to look at Detroit's roster? Like it's so funny. So I'm gonna take Detroit, but these are the, the the four highest paid. No, no, I'm sorry. Let me do the six highest paid people in Detroit. One, Bojan Bogdanovich makes 20 million. He ain't gonna be there, I would imagine it at the trade deadline. Marvin Bagley, second highest paid, mm. player, 12 and a half million. Then Cade, that makes sense. Alec Burks, 10 million. 
Nerlens, our boy, 9.2 million. Kemba Walker, 9 million. I mean, what what are we doing here with this team? So, but I'm going to take them because I'm assuming they're going to try to win games with all these veterans that they have. And I think Kate's pretty good. I, I don't really like Jaden Ivey. Um, Killian Hayes, I think, is probably pretty close to being out of the league. But well, that's what scares me. Like, they, you have very young players like Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran if he plays. And then you're, then on the other hand, you're like, you have a coach who's probably in the hot seat. You trade for Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah, like, you're acting like a win now team with a bunch of really young players. I mean, this is the only reason I'm picking them over Orlando. I like Orlando's roster better. I think Dwayne Casey is a better coach than Jamal Mosley. And I just think that like Detroit is under some pressure to try to win, even though like, you know, Fultz, Wendell Carter, Bancaro, Bomba, I think Jalen Suggs will be better. You know how I feel about Franz Wagner, who's looked excellent in, in Eurobasket. Like, I like their roster better, but I just, I think like Detroit is like better positioned to try and win games, but man, are they bad? Like, and yeah, there's just sort of odd picks. I, and I would have probably taken them over Orlando. I don't know. I like Orlando. I like Wendell Carter Jr. is like an underrated piece. You've been all over Franz Wagner, as you said. Paulo should be pretty good. Jonathan Isaac, I guess we're just presuming he's never going to play again. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the deal is with that man. Like, I have, I have no idea. I mean, I don't love them. I think they're they're not as close as they think they are. No, they're definitely. I don't not. think Detroit's as close as they think they are. And not, I just they're think, not close. Would you rather have Paolo and Franz Wagner or Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey? I'm with you on Jaden Ivey. Like, I just I'm scared he might that be he's really, going to have he might a be really, really bad. good. And I'll really tell you why I didn't take Detroit, even though like everyone suggested their over under is five games better than Indiana. I don't know. I saw that they were starting Killian Hayes in the preseason <laughs> game. I'm like, this guy is just. He's like one of the worst rotation players, and and like they just keep like giving him chances. I'm like, you can't do I mean, that. They if you have to give him chances though. But I think like Cade was really good to end the year last year. He'll be yeah. fully healthy. You know, they've got some. Would you rather have Cade or Paulo? Just one on one. That's a really really good question. I think I'd rather have Cade. I think. Well, he, we've seen Cade. him be pretty good already. Yeah, it's hard to say without seeing Paolo, but Paolo I think is really good. And I and I will defend this to the death. I I think playing for Mike Shashevsky made him look worse than he is. And I know how insane that sounds, but like I just feel like Bancaro is the type of guy that is gonna succeed in the NBA based on how the NBA is played now. And so is Cade for that matter. But like yeah, I think Paolo's the kind of guy I could see him going for like 38 one night and then the next night shooting six for 20, you know, it's just hard. And that's okay. Right. Like yeah. we want to see that from him. Like, but I, I mean, if you ask me, if you ask me from like this year's draft and last year's draft, like I, I would take Anthony Edwards over any player in the last three drafts, I think. But if we did just the last two drafts, I'd want to have Evan Mobley first. But then after that, like I could be talked into Jalen green. I could be talking to Kate. I could be talking to Paolo. I could even probably be talking to Chet, but like, I don't know. I think all those guys have a chance to be really good. And I think that's awesome. You know? Well, if just to end on the Victor note, so let's say you're in charge of the league office and you could fix the lottery. Where do you send Victor? It would Detroit? be so awesome to send him to Oklahoma city just to see him. And Chet well, of together. these three teams, let's say Detroit, Indiana, and Orlando, Indiana, I would send him to just to like save the franchise or better basketball town, man. People that's in Indiana true. love it. Like I, I just like Detroit. You know, Detroit was good when we were growing up and like they were this hard nosed team or whatever, but like largely it's like an irrelevant place now. Like, I just, I don't know how their fans like on are. Like the map anymore. or in the NBA lands? Just in the NBA. But like Jeez. Indiana, like when Indiana is good, like they're, they're, they're fun. Like Banker's Life is a great place to play. Like, yeah, I agree. And so, like, I just, I just think of those three teams, it, you know, he'd be a lot of fun. Now, it'd be also be really interesting to put like an 18 year old French kid in Indianapolis, but like he got Benedict Matherin, who's French Canadian. So, like, we've got that connection there. Don't really see a lot of French guys on Detroit, right? So, you know, well, I think, I think, I, I think you mentioned them earlier, but I didn't give you this choice, but. If he does end up in Charlotte, that would probably be the most exciting yeah. basketball. Oh wait, wise. Killian Hayes is French. If he's on the team, him and Victor together <laughs> would be great. Little oh, little great. French connection there. Isn't but do you think Lamelo and Victor would be pretty? Yeah, that'd be absurd. Yeah. That'd be that would be really 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 fun. Honestly, it would save like apparently Michael Jordan's like maybe going to sell the team. 
Maybe we should invest. Should we invest in Charlotte and try to tank for Victor? I don't know. He's probably worth quite a bit of money, though, I would say, in, in terms of like, remember, we used to talk about this with Zion and like how marketable he is. But like, you get a guy like, like, Wemby, like you just, you instantly just like your, your franchise is like excited again, right? Like, what about like Scoot Henderson? Let's say Orlando would take him, of course. Washington would take him, of course. I mean, not number one, I'm saying, but number two, happily. Do you think he's good enough that if you're, let's say, Indiana and you have Tyrese Halliburton, that you no. play them together or you rethink your plans? Like, what I think do you do? That, um, I think that you're saying if they're if they're picking one if they're number two. Oh, number two. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think it, at, at the point when you need to get talent, I think you just get it and then you figure it out for those teams. Like, if it was like a team, I don't know, if it was a team like Atlanta, and you have yeah. a bunch of guards, maybe you consider doing something different. Like if you had a really bad year, but if that happens, like you're probably got other issues going on. So I think like, I'm not sure like who's supposed to be the third pick in. Well, it seems like a mean Thompson or Amen Thompson. Oh, so, so Amen Thompson or Asar Thompson, like one of those two. Well, it seems like a mean has been jumping past him. Literally. Like he's just like ridiculously athletic, even more so than the other one. I think. Yeah. I mean, I really, you know, I really like, Derek Whitehead, but I don't know, or Nick Smith. I know people are really, really high on who's going to Arkansas, and so like those guys. I, I think Scoot would have to come out and really not play well at this point because now you got two years of him playing against pros and putting up good numbers and being in an NBA system, and I think that really matters because how you adjust to the NBA is important. And so for him, it seems like it'd be a pretty quick adjustment. And so I think he get. I think as of what we saw, I think every team who picks second would take him. I'm pretty confident. Well, let's recap. I had the first pick, so I'll have the odd numbers. It went Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston, Brooklyn, Miami, Toronto, Cleveland, Atlanta. And then out of the playoffs, we're saying New York, Chicago at 10. And then trying to get in the playoff, playing Washington 11, Charlotte 12. And then teams would be expected at the bottom, Indiana 13, Detroit 14, Orlando 15. Does that sound about right? I think it's pretty close. That sounds pretty. That sounds pretty. Any regrets? I regret not getting Toronto. I was really hoping to get Toronto. I wanted to get Washington. I thought about taking Washington over uh, Chicago. Yeah. I mean, the the over-under would be hard to justify. That's like a six-point difference there. Yeah, I agree. And I didn't do it because I'm a soft Who's the guy. Most- but... Some teams have always blown it for us. Which of your picks do you think is the most likely to ruin your draft? Brooklyn. Like, like what if Brooklyn just stinks and they trade Kyrie Irving in the middle of the year and then yeah. Kevin Durant's like, I'm not playing for Steve Nash and Ben Simmons' back hurts again. And like, you know, I just. I'm looking that, at the lower teams for me, like even Washington, Indiana. I'm like, maybe they just like get hurt and they just win 15 games or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. But I, I think the one thing, I mean, I could see Philly being one of the reasons I lose the draft and they still have like a great season. You know, like I could see Philly being like winning 46 games and then getting hot in the playoffs. But I don't know. We'll see. I think, I think the think best the, picks, if I had to say, I like you getting Philly at two. I think we both think are high. Toronto, you getting Toronto at six is really good. And you getting Atlanta at eight, I think it's pretty safe. Right. But we both agree that like the teams you took before that, like you took Cleveland, who I wanted. And then, I mean, I knew you were going to take Miami. I, I didn't think that that was really a question because I, I figured it was like, if I took Miami, you'd take Brooklyn. If I took Brooklyn, then you'd take Miami. Yeah. So I think that this draft, like the, the big swing picks were like, what are you going to do at one? And then what are you going to do at like nine? Yeah, because it's like, interesting in- that there's so, there did seem to be tiers and, you know, two team tiers in the East. And it's less true in the West when we get into that. There's, Sort of like a lot of teams bunched at the top, really. Yeah. So and that'll think, be more fun, maybe. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back next week with the Eastern Conference, or I'm sorry, the Western the Conference. And you know, interesting note I, I noticed. Might I don't I don't have the historical numbers, but the East is projected to win more games in the West this year by about 15 wins. But that's only and because that, right the bottom the the West has. I mean, the East has what? They both have four teams projected to win over 50 games, but then the West has a bunch of te- like four teams projected to win 25. Right. Basically, like four tanking teams yeah. versus the East is probably only like two or, you know. Um, and Houston might not actually be total tank job. Well, we'll come back next week. You're going to have the first pick. You already, I think, have a slight edge. Let's see if you can maintain it. 
I don't even know who I'm going to pick, by the way, for the West. I have to actually like do some research. I'm sure I'll do something stupid, like pick the Clippers. But all right. Uh, he's if saying, you take Golden State, you need to go give them a pep talk, try to get their act together. No, I, I think Draymond's doing a fine job getting everyone's act together. Oh, so Andre that Iguodala's, bumped him up a little bit. Andre Iguodala is back for season 19. He made this big, like, I, you know, it's just. It's, so, you, so you want somebody to go punch DeAndre Ayton to get him back in the shape, you're saying? <laughs> I don't even know Who's the going, most likely? Chris I don't even know what's going on in Phoenix, man. <laughs> like I, we we'll talk about this next week. But he is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can uh, email the show zanderellison at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll be back next week. As always, Zan, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.